Regulation of the 84 points by the tongue is a beat of the baton that releases waves of neurochemical messages to activate the pituitary gland which commands all the other glands. There's nothing more to say. That is the physical reality of what happens, like in mantra, uh, and, you know, some instruction and the best way to chant mantra might be useful, but all the bullshit that's written <laughs> on four pages here that's not saying anything different than that, you know? Why? See, the problem in the Western world, and the whole world for this matter, at this point in the game, is anyway, uh, not what we don't know, but we know too much. Our brains are so over-educated, the neural pathways are all in this, been trained in this concept of reason and logic. And, you know, the whole thing is being blown out of the water by social media and a coordinated media movement to feed the whole world an imaginary story. And they bought it hook, line, and sinker. Because their hypothalamus and their pituitary and their pineal don't work. Anyone who's got a pineal and pituitary that's working, there's no way you can look at the current status of the world and say it makes any sense whatsoever. Or that it's even possible to be the story that they're telling that it is. You can't. It's not. It's just bizarre. And mantra there's 84, it's an 84 numbered keypad, just like say you had a phone with 84 different keys on it. Well, you only have one that has 10, right? 1 to 9 plus a 0, plus a plus and a star, but those are just shortcuts to double zeros or whatever. And if you dial 323206, Seven one one three. Hello, this is Guru Shepherd. <laughs> if you dial three two three four five nine seven two seven six. Oh, hello, this is your book card. <laughs> you know, and it's exactly the same on the upper palate of your mouth. You repeat a mantra that dials in a code, and you get an experience. You do dial in a different mantra, and the tongue is going to strike the upper palate in a different pattern, and it's going to dial in a different code. And what is the code? The code is neuropeptides and hormones into your bloodstream, and you'll get a different experience. That's the science of mantra. It's not anything more, it's not anything less. Would you? Read again what you said in the beginning so I can hit record and I'll have it, please. It's in your book. It's on page 74. Hello. Hello. Send it to him. I like it. Send it to him. We don't go backwards here. We don't go backwards here. We're a group that's only going forward. <laughs> Okay, long echoing cars like we chanted this morning.
Now we never, I, this morning I described it a little bit, I'll go through it one more time. On the ek, so here in this mantra, you're really employing not, well I say there's two types of mantras. There's vibrational mantras where you're using the power of the sound on more of a sustained, uh, uh, sustained, what am I trying to say? Accentuated sustaining of a particular sound to experience the vibration of the sound. Like when we do odd such, to God such, you know, you're using that S sound to stimulate the Kundalini. Or in long echo cars, really the the whole mantra is in the ek, the om. The power of that mantra is in the om. And if you pull the root lock a little bit in the om, and you project the sound from here up into here, it it forces the pineal and pituitary to react. And you're using it through a sustained single sound. Uh, and then uh, sat nam, if you lift up on the diaphragm, the diaphragm then pr pressures the heart area and you can feel the echomkar uh, sat nam and it vibrates this whole area including the thymus. Do you see it's, it's doing the same thing, it's still stimulating the glandular system. First it's pituitary pineal, then it's the thymus here. Wah, hey, guru. And that's just sort of, the, the words in, though, in, the, in this particular mantra aren't really being used to stimulate that, you're just releasing through the higher centers using the sound. <coughs> But then you say, chakra, chakra, varti, when you're doing this one, right? Well, you're chanting that mantra, and the tongue is, is a Guru Gobind singing. Chakra, chakra, varti gives you the power of victory over obstacles, over time and space. So when you code that in, when you punch that code in, the chemicals that come out of it, because of the particular... You know, God created an amazing machine. What can you say? An amazing machine. That's all it is. It's a machine. The yogis figured out the manual for the machine. The soul's stuck in it until it's time to go. So might as well make the machine serve the soul, not the mind. Forget the mind. The mind is a little piggy. It's a little piggy. You know, rolls around in mud. And slops its food all over. Shits all over its own, <laughs> own living space. Piggy. That's the mind. The mind is constantly pooping inside your head. <laughs> you know, when you start to become the observer of it, it really does become that dialogue. Shut up. You're not me. That next time you start to follow this mind into this idiotic dialogue that you already know where it's going to take you, literally, tell it to shut the heck up. It's like the toddler and you're doing potty training with it. Yeah, that's exactly potty right. That's totally it. true. Or you're potty training your dog. The way I learned to get out of the loop and, and come back to the here now is literally 
and uh, the technique I learned has a lot to do with it. It's a lot of like being aware first, right? And yeah, then sure. instead of saying shut up, I literally like wiggle my toes or I notice how my shoulders are reacting to the thought or I notice how my body's reacting. And then all of a sudden I bring sensation more into space and myself and it seems to help. No, I agree because that's how I got out of a lot of my negative things was how it felt in my body. Like, the, for me, the greatest stimulus of overcoming anger was the way it made me feel. That's exactly what you say, you know? Just become aware of how this thought is making you feel. And instead of going the rabbit hole of the feeling, it's literally just become, like you said, it is what it is, just come to what is, meaning the body, the space, the, the sounds. That's all that is. Yeah. You'd be here now, right? Yeah. Whatever's going on. But I would like to add, I've been practicing this for years, and alone is still one level up, but not there. When mm -hmm. we connect this to what we do here, then it becomes real. Well, for sure, it's all a part. It's a chain. Yeah, but, but this work elevates everything. Well, that's the purpose of coming to yoga, elevate. To the language of the soul, and then, um, but it's also not the easiest thing to stay there. Well, <laughs> yeah, then life happens, and you you drop the bottle of maple syrup all over the floor and it breaks, <laughs> or you. 17 and, you know, probably you think you're the best driver in the world, but you're not, and you mm -hmm. kill yourself on the Taos Highway that happened yesterday with one of our girls, so. Hard to fathom why it all makes sense, you know? Life is but a dream. Yeah, life is but a dream. And it, it doesn't conform to our logic and reason. It conforms to its own karmas, etc., etc., etc. So let me see if there's anything else interesting in this whole chapter they told me to do. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Endocrine glands, instruments of energy and mood, lawyers, the conductor of the hypolymphatic pituitary axis. Oh, Christ. <laughs> you guys can read. That's the good news, you know? That's why I don't go over all this stuff, because I, I give you credit for your intelligence. Uh, nothing. Oh, it used to be more interesting. You know, I don't. It seems to me I look at these these bolded quotes in here. I don't even think they're yogi versions anymore. I think they're all from people who wrote the manual. The old manual had tons of great quotes because his his perception of uh, this reality. Was everything is very and, and you see why in the Zen tradition they have what's called Zen koans. 
it gives you just enough information, but not too much information, and then you have to figure it out yourself. And many times it's a very contradictory statement that you have to figure out. Like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Does anybody know? There she goes, that's it. Or even this. You can't, you can't do anything but show it. <laughs> that's the practical reality of it. And that's the way he presented things. So I'm going back to the old manual. <laughs> this is the last time, guys. Oh my God. Does anybody have any burning question related to Kundalini Yoga? <laughs> Otherwise, we'll just dive into this rebirthing and see what happens. I'm ready. So I noticed there's a couple different variations in how we end a kriya or even um, a mantra. And for instance, like in my tantra, if you shake and you hold root lock, and I've noticed a lot of variations. Just and you know that's left to your discretion too. How you want to end it? Pulling root lock at the end of, you know, inhale, exhale, pull root lock, or inhale, pull root lock. You're not going to find it in a lot of, and, and there was a lot more of that in the 70s than there was later on. So, you know, at your discretion. You want to, like, if, remember I told you about Gurmukh's first teacher, Satnam Singh, who lives down here, is Sananda, he lives in Taos now. And I took a class with him two, two three years ago because occasionally he substitutes a Kundalini class. That was like, you know, getting in the back to the future car, going back to the 70s because that's what he knew, that's what he learned before he left, and so, and up to the mid 80s. And uh, I learned a lot because I learned a lot of things that Yogi Bhajan used to do more of that he did less of later on in terms of that, you know, like pull the lock or inhale, exhale, the end of an exercise, how often. When Sananda teaches, it's almost literally the end of every exercise. So I assume that's what he learned from the teacher when he was studying. Because I didn't come till 1980, so I missed the 70s. I only know it from old teachers, Gurmok or Guru Singh or Sananda, people like that that were around in those days, Krishna. Is it that body related to the crown chakra? Which body? Tenth body? Uh, radiant body? The radiant body? Mm. More like the chakras are just points of energy within the field and they have certain qualities to them. Is there a direct link between the, the tenth gate and the radiant body? Uh, not that I'm aware of, as that been said. The uh, radiant body is just somebody's, the, like the way you feel their presence. It's more like field. Well, the field is the aura, kind of. <coughs> the, the coloration in the, in the magnetic field is the aura. The radiant body is, is more like the sum of, of, of other bodies in terms of how you 
radiate your presence. So when someone, if you're a little more sensitive, when someone walks in the room, you can feel, I mean, and I think anybody here can feel the difference between, for lack of a better term, and not to be derogatory, let's say white trailer trash, they call them, you know? People who drink and smoke and just live in trailers and they look like slops all the time and they're dirty and da 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 da. It's not, I'm not saying bad or good. It's a level of consciousness in which we all came through at one point. Okay? And versus uh, Dalai Lama, who's always impeccably there, or Thich Nhat Hanh. You know, there's a difference in radiance between the two because of the lifestyle. You know, one has a radiance because he meditates all the time, he eats very simple, his life is, or her life is dedicated to serving people. On the other side of the equation is just someone who doesn't know anything but survival. And so the radiance is different. The way, the way you feel their presence when they come in is different. You know, okay, simple. You all just, Theo was in here, he's a really nice guy. He's a little uptight, you know. <laughs> he doesn't have a strong practice. I don't know what he does or doesn't do, but you can feel it. He's a, he's a little bit tense because he's, he's, not, he's not as relaxed as you guys, I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's why he says, oh, I feel so, and he told Kermuk the same thing this morning. Oh, we're so happy to have you here. And his, his uh, Charmaine is the same way, you know. But she's a female, so she's more uh, sensitive and not so linear as him. So she can, she can adapt to, but the minute she walks in the room, you can feel her, you know, all about trying to keep everything together. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the kitchen too. Yeah. <laughs> but also I think the level of consciousness is intertwined with what they do. Like, you, everything that we do, it's intertwined with that. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, not of what, but more how they. It's an expression of. Yeah. And, you know, if, if any one of us stopped our practice and we did everything that he does, yeah. you'd feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Or worse. <laughs> yeah, it's or pretty worse. good. <laughs> 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 I'd be worse. I'll be worse. He's way more calm than me. I agree. Under those circumstances. <laughs> Definitely, would be all over the place. I, I personally disliked very much running businesses when we did it. I liked Ramuk and Marlene handle all the individuals and all that stuff. All I did was accounting. I just don't <laughs> like trying to manage people <laughs> and all their neurosis, you know, because they bring it all to work. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anything else? What's the matter? Are any of you tired? No. Uh, <laughs> ah, got you. <laughs> she's cat. She's catnapping over there. Well, we both went to group sadhana up until 
20 years ago, so we went to Group Sadhana for 25 years. But we didn't, s well, once Wow was born for six years, we sat next to each other, because I used to bring her in the basket, and you know, Mom was there, but I don't even remember sitting together. Sadhana's your time. Not shared with somebody else. Mm. And she has her own space, the living room at the airship, and I have a little cave <laughs> in the back corner of the that I built specifically when we added on to the airship another airship. So we have two airships tied together. I added a, and I I tell you, when I'm not at home, I miss that space so much. Oh. All I think about about getting back home is that space. It's absolutely an incredible altar with tankas and statues from India, and it's barely big enough to do yoga in. I mean, barely. But when it comes to meditating, I am in the womb of the earth. And I have no idea what's going on in the rest of the house. Until I come out of there, I cannot hear anything in the rest of the house. You have photos? Mm, I don't think I do. Have <laughs> it's too small to even take <laughs> But I like it that way. You know, when Gurmukh's not home, sometimes they go into the living room because there's more room to stretch out. I don't like it. I don't feel confined. I don't feel like embraced in there. There's too much space around me. The energy and so, you know, check it out. You might want your little your meditation space. And hey, you know, over the years, I've known people that took bathrooms that weren't being used and turned it into their in in their house into their uh, meditation room. People turned closets into their meditation room. So. If you can find some space in your, you know, it will aid your sadhana tremendously if you can find some space where you live that becomes, you tell everybody, this is my little tiny space for my meditation, that's all it's for. What about outside? Outside sadhana? Is that... What, outside? Yeah. Yeah, if that works for you, great. Can you talk about how Kundalini rewires the nervous system? Well, it just strengthens it. It's, it, it just physically strengthens it. Because there's so many things that we do that weaken it. Yeah. Even being in a, a normal building like this, there's 120 hertz of electricity running all through this building. I mean, there's a guy named Furstenberg who wrote a book who studied all the pandemics of planet Earth and what his conclusion was is every one of them was linked to the introduction of a new magnetic field on planet Earth. Huh. The, uh, the the last what was that big small pot? What was the big pandemic of the twenties? Spanish flu. Yeah, Spanish flu was uh, right at the time when uh, everything started being electrified. Electricity started be putting in. His final conclusion is the body does eventually adapt to the... And then if you go to what Zach Bush is saying, that viruses are uploading information in the form of RNA into your DNA, your DNA will then, and the cells will then decide, is this useful information or not useful information? And it will either accept it or reject it. If it accepts it, it's an upload of a change that needs to happen in humanity on its evolutionary process. 
And these pandemics triggered the need for an upload because they were disturbing the field around us. And this one comes, and, and they went crazy during this one installing 5G. I mean, all these small towns here, here and in New Mexico, they all have 5G now. They didn't have 5G before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I felt it. I, I had the virus myself. I was not at my highest because I was breastfeeding my son all throughout the night. I wasn't sleeping for six months. And mm -hmm. when I got it, was very, very difficult, but I, being very in tune with my body, noticed the whole progression of the upgrade and was a very obvious upgrade for me, although my body got weaker, yeah, but I, sure. I spiritually updated into so many levels. And then later on, my friend who's a Kundalini teacher sent me a, a radio show of the Hispanic pandemic and what it has done for the life as we know it now, how he expanded the arts, how he expanded the spiritual, like how certain things led to, to where we are now. And he talked about how Dalai Lama was, a, not Dalai Lama, um, not Dalai Lama, what's his name? What's the little glasses? No, bald little glasses. Gandhi. 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 How Gandhi was a different person before he got sick from the Spanish pandemic. He was much more stronger. He wasn't so clear. Yeah. He was, and then he got it, and he almost died, and then he became who he became, and that is a strong correlation. Okay, so it, and what that she's saying is verified through various studies, various people, but there's one chink in the armor with COVID. It's not a natural virus. Yeah. It kind of stays in your lungs. Well, it's the protein spike that they altered. It has, it, and the, this lecture that we sent you, the guy shows you exactly, there's three major alterations in the pipe, in, in, the, in the spike done by two different people. And one of them is actually 13 alterations. And normally a virus will only, will only change one or two proteins within the chain. And we're, it's all in the spike. It has nothing to do with the body. It's all in the spike. Now, the, the alterations they made in the spike, they know, uh, and, and here's why, I you got kids, absolutely make sure your kids do not get this vaccine because the vaccine is all doing to do with the spike. And they tested uh, n not this, these vaccines, but they tested the alteration to the spike on mice. And the, the, if you go to Fleming's website, the paper is there. And the mice all had brain damage within one and a half weeks. And the, they said the brain looks like a sponge. Because what this spike does is, say this is a, a normal protein chain, the, the reaction makes the chain fold in on itself. Instead of being like whatever, it, it, you know, if you look at a chemical chain, right, with the little lines and the hexes, instead it just folds in on itself. And they said the brains of the mice looked like, a, they called it sponge brain, because there were holes in it. And he's saying this, and Alzheimer's works the same way. And so 
you know, the reason we absolutely don't want to give this to kids is because for this to show up in humans, normally when they test mice, if it takes a week or two in a mouse, it takes a year to two years to show up in a human. Are you talking about the vaccine or the virus itself? I'm talking about the vaccine. How about the virus? Well, the virus, if you get the virus naturally, because you're, you're only getting a much smaller dose and then it multiplies enough but you have your body naturally reacting to it and sorting it out, right? Okay, when you shoot the vaccine in, you're not getting a small dose. You are getting billions of the protein spike into your system. And it becomes this like overwhelming thing for the body to deal with. I mean, you know, now we got, we got, they call it breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. All these people, hundreds of them, are, are testing and getting COVID that have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> when even those who were, like my uncle got vaccinated and next thing you know he got the virus. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So, and we, I, Everyone, I don't know about all you guys, but we know two, three people that got vaccinated that got, exactly. got Corona. Did you see the Indian comedian, actor, health activist? Got it to prove it safe and died two days later. He got it to what? He got the vaccine to prove, like publicly to prove how safe it is yeah. in India. No, he died yeah. two days later. Wow. So what had to do that? Well, okay, so listen to this. Because this is what came to me, at least after listening to this guy that we sent a link to, uh, Fleming. I mean, he's a very sharp guy. Super sharp guy, super smart guy, doesn't sound like a wacko or white ringer. Even Big Tree said to him, are you an anti-vax guy? He said, hell no, I'm a doctor. He said, I'm against stupidity. And then he goes on to, you know, explain everything and show you the papers with the names of the people, because these are all published papers. This is not like information nobody can get. It's all published papers, but you've got to put it all together. Um, the Indian variant, at least what I read, in, uh, is the fourth major variant they discovered, right? They discovered, and they all have these little numbers, letters, names to them, right? We got South Africa, we got uh, UK, we got Indian now, and what's the other one? The fourth one? Brazilian. So these are all variants. The other three have one or two mutations in the protein chain, which is normal. The Indian one has 13. There's no way that's a natural mutation. Somehow that got introduced into India. Somebody brought it in there. You don't, like, even if somebody's skeptical about this, you don't even have to, like, go that. You can listen to Congress question Dr. Fauci. Oh, yeah, that was great. of function. <laughs> and basically, he gave a grant to a doctor in North Carolina. This is all, you can watch it. It happened two days ago. He gave a grant to a doctor in North Carolina to import bat viruses from the Wuhan lab in order to merge it with a SARS virus to test it on human beings to see the potential damage of it. Like, so like, you don't even have to get into anything conspiratorial or anything. No, it's, it's, it's all there, it's all there. Because this is the Congress 
speak to Dr. Fauci about funding. And he denies it. But it happened. Yeah, I know it happened. It's all documented in paperwork that it happened because all these guys are, you know, the one thing about scientists that is great for us, they're arrogant as hell. They're so proud of what they do that they write it all down, they put it in papers, they publish it, their names are on it, and that's what Fleming shows you in this interview. He gives you all the papers, and they're, and they're constantly pulling them up on the screen to show you where it was and the thing, you know, and next week Dell will give you the links to it all so you can download it all. So you, the next time an idiot says to you, no, no, it's not that way, you say, well, excuse me, but here's the scientific papers and here's the paper trail of the whole darn thing. And Fauci sat there with Ron Paul and outright perjured himself to the guy. Outright perjured himself. Only tried to say it in such couched words that they probably won't ever try and prosecute him, but. I swear to God, in the next five years, there'll be a Nuremberg trial of these people. There's already, there's people who are already submitting. Yeah. And I like, uh, hmm. I like Big Tree because they have a nonprofit called ICANN. I give money to it because they're filing lawsuits against all this BS now. Someone's going to have to take this to the Supreme Court sooner or later. I mean, just last year, in the midst of pandemic, I wanted to fly to see my family to Germany. Forget that. But yeah, I got to the airport and American Airlines, they were like, you can't fly with your passport. And I said, okay. And then I got another flight because nobody knew what they were doing. Oh, well. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, I, I, if you want, a, a, you know, I'm not saying every. And, with, with uh, the highwire.com, you know, they have their point of view and they certainly, sometimes, I can see them stretching their point a little bit to make their point, but uh, uh, they're the only ones giving you information outside of the narrative and proof a, a half a week later to back it up that you can download. And so if you wanna come sitting up, because we're gonna start Seating up. This is your chance to, in the first 11 minutes, any anger you got, <laughs> and there's not one of us in this room that ain't got some. <laughs> yeah. Let's get, let's work it out. Let's work it out. Anger really, uh, you know, it's the, it's the fire. It eats us up. But once you This is Zara, and this is from a Brazilian friend of mine who's a yoga teacher. I sent it to you. And the back is pretty too. So this progression, okay, let's go. Sit down. Come on, guys. This progression, as I uh, mentioned to you after the last rebirthing, is very similar. You know, it utilizes a, a pranayama and then some physical mudra and then 
eventually moves into some gong and some mantra. You'll find the gong many, many times in the rebirth because the gong has the capacity to alter the frequency to really like make those little pockets in the memory field pop. And then it overwhelms the mind with its sound current and brings it to a state of non-thinking. And in that state of non-thinking, you can allow this information that's in the subconscious to percolate up. And then, so what have I done? I've created a void, right? I've released the memory. So then, I w you don't want to leave, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. Isn't that one of the laws of this realm? And so you don't want to leave a vacuum. You purge yourself of some memory, but you don't want to leave a vacuum there. Because just you'll fill it with another memory. So we fill it with mantra. And, and over decades of period of time, you know, you find more and more of your memory, more and more of your moments directed towards a gratefulness, a thankfulness to the divine for all the opportunities and for all the karmas that you were given that brought you to where you are now. I used to be so angry at my mother. Now I've got her. She was alive. I'd touch her feet. She did the perfect job to get me to where I am now, but it was a teenager I couldn't realize that. All I experienced as a teenager was someone who was trying to... But now I know why. Then I didn't know why. And it was her own fear. Even in this training, I feel like personally getting so much clarity on everything. Why things happen. Well, that's, that's good. That's important. Clarity of why things happened. Because now I know why things happened between the way they did in my family and they were all perfect. Absolutely perfect. God, if it hadn't been for that perfection, I might not be here today. Yeah. But also, like, you know, I've got memory and I'm like, am I making this up? Like, am I creating this? But, but the, does it matter if you're making it up or not? Because, no it doesn't because it's your reality. It's creating you as you are now. Those memories, whether, they're, whether they actually happened that way or not is irrelevant, really. What is, is you are, an, you are a representation of what you think was the case, whether it was or wasn't. And, you know, you're probably right. Half of it is and half of it isn't. Because memory is such a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. But also God gives us those repeating challenges to kind of test us how we're going to overcome it, I think, to again clear out that karma in a way. Like if we handle it with grace and we acknowledge and we say thank you for the lesson and release, it's so much easier to move on. True. And I see repeating patterns from two thousand and twelve when I moved to the U.S. and now it's like starting this new journey. Everything's kind of similar, but I'm handling it so differently. Well, that's what Kundalini Yoga gives you. It gives you the capacity of 
of uh, gives you courage. You know, we started out there with commitment and the seven steps of happiness and giving you uh, commitment gives you character. If you have character, you can when the challenge comes, you have dignity to dig in and take care of it. Instead of trying to avoid it and then letting your mind work it out and over and over, how am I going to deal with this? And then you create a whole hormone cascade and neuropeptide cascade in your body that creates anxiety and fear and depression and on and on it goes. I don't even know what the hell depression is. Somebody asked the Dalai Lama about self-esteem. He had no idea what the hell they were talking about. They kept trying to retranslate it to him. Self-esteem, what are you talking about? Since I've been five years old, I've been meditating. I know I'm one with it all. I know I'm a product of the creative force. Self-esteem? We have all these made-up words, made-up concepts. So many concepts. And that's what we're drowning in, concepts. But that's a concept. You know, same thing, same word. You're using label, I'm using concept. To have self-esteem, do esteemable things. Do what? To have self-esteem, do esteemable things. How about virtuous things? I'm just saying someone who's raised in a virtuous way has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> because their life has always been that way, so there's no problem of self-esteem. So you're right, exactly right. Do virtuous things, there's no problem with self-esteem. There is no such thing as not esteeming of the self. When you act in dharma, when you act in a right way of living for your soul. So, you can see why the Dalai Lama was a little confused. Because his whole life was, was a reincarnation and a training and an acknowledgement that he was a reincarnation of a great soul that was there to lead a nation of Tibetan people, and thus he needed to be trained to do it right. And that's how we should, you know, hopefully as you go on in life, you guys, and I love that you're, you know, a bit younger, probably, how many here have kids? Oh, a lot of you do. You know, you're the, you're the spiritual guides of those children. You know, they're not there for us to to impose upon all that we wish we could have done. That's not what they're there for. They're there because they needed to enter this zone to learn something, to manifest a life, to serve their mission and their soul. And as, you know, I love Yogi Bhajan's definition of a parent, pay the fucking rent. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, you know, and God. Guide them spiritually. <laughs> because when you pay the rent, they feel secure. So that's a, a basic underpinning we need for them. They should feel secure. They should feel that they 
have a mission, and it's up to them to discover their mission. You can't tell them their mission. You don't know what their mission is. And give them freedom. And give them freedom. Yeah. He used to say, he say, all you people ever heard was, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. He said, you're a living don't. What's that? That can be good in a yeah. way too, because it pushes you to do the opposite. You're like, I'm, I'm not going to be dumb anymore. Now I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Well, but it doesn't create the right background. It doesn't create the right background for the experience. So then you have, yes, I mean, our karma was we needed to hear, don't, 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 don't. Obviously, because that's what we heard, you know? Maybe not all of you, but certainly I did. And, uh, but this isn't, don't forget, these are Aquarian children now. This is a new bunch. So the whole magnetic field of the earth is shifting. It's different. And because the, this is all interrelated, interlocked. You can't separate it. You can't separate the DNA from the magnetic field of the earth. You can't separate the, the, the complexity of the proteins that are in the chain from the magnetic field of the earth. They're all interlocked. And because the frequency is different in Aquarius than the frequency was in Pisces, literally the DNA is changing within the human right now. And viruses in, are an integral part of all of this. Because they're very simple uh, chains, and they have new upgraded information for, for people, and so they pass it on, and then the individual's body decides, do I need this information or do I not need this information? And it either accepts it or rejects it. But they're getting bombarded to get the vaccine. Who is? Oh, I agree. This is very, this is like, you know, okay, you guys, if you want to fight, that's the fight. You got to fight that fight. These kids, there's no reason to vaccinate these kids. There is zero reason. They don't have, the death rate amongst kids is so tiny, 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 tiny. It makes no sense to take this chance. And people are dying because of fear, not the virus. Fear? Yeah, that's why they're dying, because when they get the virus. Maybe they have a weakened immune system. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of possible yeah. reasons why some people die from it. Most of it's comorbidities. They have other problems, most people. I mean, go back to Zach Bush, it all goes back to the soil. Because the soil has been destroyed on planet Earth, and the quality of the food that we're now eating, and here's the problem. It's very simple. Roundup. Roundup is being universally used on almost all crops on planet Earth. Even you're buying organic, the farmer next door is using Roundup. Roundup is water soluble, it goes into the ground, it goes into the water, it gets pulled up in the plants, it gets into the water system. Zach looked at the, the development of cancer along the Mississippi. Guess where cancer was the heaviest? Downstream from all the agricultural land in the Midwest of the United States. What Roundup does is it ruins... Here's, here's two cells in my gut. They're, they should be like this. They should be like this. It's called a tight junction. 
what happens is when Roundup gets in the gut, this junction breaks apart slightly. This tight junction prevents toxins, aluminum, metals, all kinds of stuff from going through your gut lining into your body. When you break that tight junction and it becomes loose like this, then those metals are going through into the, and other toxins are going through your gut lining into your bloodstream. Mm. All the major diseases that we have today, cancer, mm. Alzheimer's, heart problems, are, are all directly linked ag algorithmically, like on a chart, with the expanded use of Roundup, which happened in the 70s. How do we keep ourselves tight then? What? He has a product that helps, but also you just you have to eat organic. <laughs> Do not. You're crazy to eat anything that's not organic. And while that may not prevent 100%, it's certainly cutting it down. Superfoods, yeah. There's also, it's also responsible for like a 90% reduction in the monarch butterfly population. Yeah. The monarch butterflies only lay eggs, the caterpillars only eat milkweed, which is. Can, traditionally considered a weed, but it grows on the edge of farmland and Roundup would knock that out. Yep. So those migrations are ending, but it's also designed to get a DNA. So, yeah. They, they ban it in Europe, just not here. Yeah, they did. It's banned in Europe. It's banned in like 72 countries. Just not here. Roundup is? Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, and GMO. Yeah, Roundup. GMOs. They either got like totally canceled from the culture or it has to be labeled. <coughs> yeah, but no. also, we don't. America doesn't throw away resources. Roundup is used is is like a diluted form of Agent, Agent Orange. <laughs> We're so In addition to eating organic, is there anything that you can counter? Uh, yeah, there's a product that, he, like, that, that Zach Bush puts out that's, uh, I think it's like Shalangeet, to tell you the truth, mm. you're familiar with that from India, it's this black gooey stuff that they get from the Himalayans. Anyway, they, they're using some very ancient humus that's hundreds of thousands of years old and they're diluting it in water. And if you go on his website, you'll see photos of before, of the, of the tight junction in the gut lining, before and after. And in as little as two or three days, the junction starts to tighten up when you, when you start taking this liquid. And you just put it in the water. what's the name of it? It's called uh, Ion Biomes. Yeah, Ion Biomes. Would you put that on WhatsApp, yeah. please? Yeah, um, I also feel as if, because my doctor in Miami was a community teacher for many years, he's a good friend, He's, he, the first thing he does when I go there, like when I first met him, is to do a heavy metal testing. And you got to find a way to, to detox out of the heavy metals yeah. in your body. Mm -hmm. I've already, I've, I've had that done. Or they drain your blood. I don't know, it's a test. It's a heavy metal test and then you find out if you have lead, mercury, etc. And everybody has metals if yeah. they've been eating normal food that's loosened up the junction of the gut between the cells and then it just gets through into your bloodstream. I mean the whole Alzheimer's thing is from metals going through the gut into the brain. Yeah, leaky gut's another thing for it. And it's a natural way, it doesn't have any bad side effects. And if you want to look it up, you can see like, what 
ridiculous. They call it intellectual scurrying. A lot of good. Um, I'm getting angry uh, for this conversation. Do you have a career that can help us with that? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> okay. Tigers here. Uh, so we got claws, and it says, make a dreadfully angry face. <laughs> and the breath that goes along with this is tongue out, lying. Now, here's a good little thing that I never picked up till not too long ago. We have dog breath and lion breath. Anyone know what the difference is? Think about it. The tongue? One Where is the tongue on a dog when it's out? It's always to the side. You, never, you hardly ever see a dog with his tongue straight out. That's a dog breath. Lion breath. What? Dog breath. Lion breath is straight out. So I'm here like this. I'm dreadfully angry and. From the navel, the diaphragm, so you don't hyperventilate. We're not hyperventilating. We're triggering with a chronic breath. Come on, look angry. I, I won't look, okay? Because I'm the only one that could see you. Everyone else is going at your back or at your side. Powerful.
Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Now inhale deep and pull. You're going to feel this all across your chest. Get into it. Exaggerate the pressure. You want to get to the heart now. Let our anger be cooled by our compassion. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. That's the last one. Inhale. Deep, 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 deep. Inhale, inhale. Pull. Pull, 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 pull. pull. As much as you can. Pull. Now let the breath go. To keep the posture. And make sure it's right at the heart center and find the balance and just sit in the balance. You're not pulling, you're just maintaining a light pressure, finding the balance point. Let the heart balance out the anger. Breathe long and deep. You're not pulling, you're just finding the equal equilibrium. And now bring your consciousness to your buttocks and make sure the weight is equal on both left and right. And shift it a little left and right. See if you were favoring one side over the other. And find the spot where you feel the same amount of pressure on both buttocks. Interesting, huh? I was totally sitting on the right. Sit in balance. It's four minutes. Sit in balance.
inhale deep and again pull. Exhale, keep that lock with your hands, but now put it in your lap. So keep that in your lap. Let's put it in your lap. Now listen, this is fantastic. Pull the root lock. Maintain us like four minutes. Maintain the root lock the entire time. And see if you can go to year seven of your life. Year seven. Yeah, holding the root lock, sitting here, and make sure the, the lower spine is up nice and straight. Pull up on the rectum, sex organ area, navel, all triangulated into one point. And the spine, lift the spine so it's nice and straight. Don't lift it too far forward, don't lift it too far back. You want to find, and you can play with it a little bit, you know, shift it forward, shift it back, find the middle place. The thoughts, but you're, if you want to keep them corralled, just keep this concept. All I want to see, mind, is the seventh year. See what you see. Because again, the cycle of consciousness is seven years. So in that sixth year of life, we should be preparing for the next round of consciousness as people of our age, that means we want to uh, consciously start to do meditations that will progress us in consciousness when the seventh year comes, 14th year comes, 21, 28, on and on. seventh is so important, it was the first time your consciousness shifted. You, know, you were leaving the innocence and you were moving into more of a reason and logic based way of looking at life. At least that's the way our society trained us. Sent us off to some institution we call school to turn us into little creatures that in their eyes fit in society and were productive members and could attain prosperity. That was their gist of what they believed. That's okay. Nobody said hold your breath. You made that up. <laughs> we said just pull the root lock. We said hold the root lock. Never said hold your breath. Was it fun? Yeah. Okay. So that's what you needed to do, hold your breath. <laughs> just long deep breathing. Just conscious breath, you know, and slow. 
The magic of breathing is if you slow it down to four breaths per minute or less, it changes the wavelength in your brain. Consciousness grows in this seven-year cycle. <laughs> and, and we all put a retarded button on that for a while. We didn't grow our consciousness. We grew our mental capacities. We didn't do anything to grow our consciousness. So we had a pause button for a while, right? But now we hit the pause button, we're back in play. first seven years are very natural anyway, because it's not until the seventh year that your third eye and pituitary closes down. So if you can remember in that seven years, you're remembering your first process of developing consciousness naturally. All those fun little fairies and fun little... Um, they told us they were imaginary. They weren't. We just saw. We saw the elementals. And you saw the elementals however you wanted to see them. Some people saw fairies, some people saw gnomes, some people saw angels. This is what you wanted to see. Okay, now for two minutes, oh, keep your eyes closed, but open your mouth and breathe in and out through the mouth. And this breath needs to come from the pelvic region. 
So as you're exhaling, you want to really squeeze the whole pelvic region and lift the diaphragm up. <coughs> yeah. Open your mouth. Well, not stick it out really far, but just let it hang. Emphasis is just open mouth and squeezing the breath out from the whole pelvis region. Just two minutes. You were already holding the root line, right? So now you're inhaling the least root lock and then exhale. But it's not just root lock, it's squeezing from the hips, front and back, navel, buttocks, everything. That whole lower triangle squeeze the breath out. The more powerful, the deeper you do this, the greater the possibility you can trigger what we're trying to trigger. you're going to go in and try and find from the 11th year forward, the 11-year cycle, the front forward after the first 11 years of your life. So you're going to fill in between 7 and 11. That is the cycle of intelligence. Not smarts. Smarts is uh, intellect. Intelligence. Intelligence is like uh, Jupiter and Saturn knowledge of the truth and wisdom, that kind of intelligence. right there at the forehead, see if you could play the movie of the whole 11 years, the first 11 years. Are we supposed to think of it, or just visualize? What? Are we supposed to think of it, or just visualize? No, just let it come. Visualize. Just visualize. Let it, you know, just keep the seed thought. What happened in the first 11 years? And then sit and breathe deeply once you've planted that seed. See if it sprouts. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just can't find the space. So don't get frustrated. Because we're going to sit like this for a few minutes. So you might find this space five minutes from now. And if you get up tight, you definitely won't find the space. So just sit and breathe. 
with the seed thought of what happened in the first 11 years of my life. and gone on this now to sit in this for 11 minutes see what comes Hey. 
And when you chant this mantra, only with the tongue, the tongue is known as the gyan, linga, linga of knowledge, lingam of knowledge, organ of knowledge, and you have to understand and learn. There are two powerful plates in your whole body, your tongue and your upper palate. That is the whole, the rest of the whole thing is bogus. Your upper palate has 84 meridian points, and when the tongue rotates and touches these meridian points, it creates a permutation and combination that brings you opportunity. Words make the body to act and react, draw or reject. It is a magnetic field. If we create positive words, we feel love. If we create negative words, we feel hatred.
becomes our reality, becomes our neurosis. So you, we imaginize these fears, we, we create a trance from this loop thought of the fear, and it becomes your neurosis. And you know, the tragedy, the super tragedy of life is that when we never deal with them, and maybe you've had this experience with some older people, they become looped on the tiniest little realities of life. And they just repeat the same things over and over and over. Because those transfixations of the same little fear over and over becomes absolute neurosis for that's all their life is about. That's all a neurosis is, just a trance. So this one is for breaking that trance. Your right arm is out like this, and you're going to make a circle like this, and the left hand goes up and down like this. Six minutes, go. are going to speed up and you speed up. At the end, you just got to be going max. It's a very uncoordinated movement. It doesn't coordinate very well because one hand's going up and down and the other's trying to make a circle. And it seems easy at first, but it'll get confusing after you get And it does a number on your brain. It helps to break that transfixed lock on fear loop that keeps going on and on and on.
exhale and just bring your hands like a yogi in Dhyan Mudra on your knees and sit with a long deep breath. Consciously control everything. Control yourself. Control every moment. Every nerve, every muscle. Control it with your breath. And bring your first fear right onto the screen at the forehead right now. you can remember in your whole life on the screen of the forehead.
hypnotize yourself in a very practical white flower with a wonderful fragrance. self-illumines profoundly beautiful and united with all destroyer of the torments of birth and death the embodiment of mercy you are ever within us your everlasting giver of the indestructible power the power to overcome and have the strength to deal with all and inhale as you exhale bring your palms together 